game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. All right, we've been on the air for now five seconds, and the show has already been derailed a little bit. We got some breaking news about Iowa State football. Hunter Deckers is not the only Cyclone football player now to be pinged for betting on sports. And boy, has the blank hit the fan for Matt Campbell in Ames, Iowa. Oh, by the way, thank you for reminding me. I need to check in on FanDuel. Got to put some bets in tonight. <laughs> Royals uh, going to take the series? Uh, no, because they're down 2-1 in the series oh, now. They, I thought they won last night. I'm sorry. I must have nope. read that wrong. Lost 4-3. Oh, well, there you have it. So the Royals looking to uh, split a series in Boston tonight. So we're on with you for an hour and a half with pregame starting at 5.30. And here in a little bit, I do want to get to Connor Riley, offensive line coach for K-State, who spoke to the media yesterday. want to let him talk for a few moments about his offensive line heading into 2023, which, my God, is going to be one of the best offensive line units in the entire country, preseason top 10 from multiple media outlets. But I got to get to this story first. So I'm 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 reading this live here. I, do, I don't have all the full details yet because I just saw – the Des Moines Register, uh, Travis Hines of the Des Moines Register pl- published this just a few minutes ago. So I'm literally just reading about it now. So we're all learning together about this breaking news. But the headline reads, Iowa State running back Jareel Brock and three other starters charged in state's gambling investigation. So the article reads, Iowa State running back Jareel Brock has been charged with tampering with Records as part of the Iowa Division of Criminal Investigations Gambling Probe. And that's according to court records. He was their leading rusher a year ago. Um, Is, of course, going to be the guy this year, but he's not alone. The other three starters are Isaiah Lee, Deshaun Hanika, and Jacob uh, Rensberg. So if you haven't heard of those names, Hanika is supposed to be the starting tight end. Remsburg is supposed to be a starting offensive lineman. And then Isaiah Lee, who's a redshirt senior, is supposed to be their starting nose guard. So now you already have Hunter Deckers in the doghouse, not only with Matt Campbell, but with the law. And now he's facing a charge of tampering because he used his account under his parents' name. And by the way, was making bets when he was not of legal age. And Iowa had made sports gambling in Iowa legal before Kansas. They actually they legalized it in 2019, so they are well ahead of the game before the state of Kansas was. And then now the latest round of um, of the investigation has four more starters for Iowa State who could be in big trouble. Now, I'm continuing to read here because, again, I didn't know all the uh, all the details as we came on air because I just saw this pop up. Let's, uh, let's add one note here that D.Y. just passed along on Twitter. One of those that's dinged is Iowa transfer wide receiver Arland Bruce, who's at Oklahoma State now. Yeah, transfer, that's right. Yeah, uh, I know K-State was, uh, I think, interested at a time. Uh-huh on him and uh yeah ended up with the pokes and now he's in trouble so yeah there you go i 
I didn't even know Oklahoma was involved in this investigation. Oklahoma State. Or Oklahoma State. Or the, the, the state of Oklahoma. Anybody right. uh, there you go. in Oklahoma. Um, unless I forgot about it. But they should always be investigated. <laughs> well, it just so happens, I mean, today we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to start our uh, Big 12 previews, and Ryan Hyatt, Texas Tech preview, is going to be coming up today at 510, and then you'll talk to Robert Allen tomorrow yep. and preview Oklahoma State football, so there's an inter- interesting twist now for the uh, the Pokes in Stillwater. All right, so I'm continuing to read here, because so I'm trying to get more details, because Hunter Deckers was caught, I guess, you know, allegedly betting on an Iowa State football game. He didn't play in it, but he was on the roster. He's a part of the team. Um, Now, this would be a very big deal if these other gentlemen are also betting on their own games. And it's Okay, so it says here, Jareel Brock allegedly placed bets on four Iowa State football games. He played in two of them. One of the games was a K-State game last year. Oh, man. I, I... very curious what that bet was. Very curious. Wow. The other one was the Iowa game. So I think Decker's one of the games he bet on, and somebody actually put out a video of him. He was out at a bar with his phone out. He's like, I'm going to put 500 bucks on the Cyclones to beat uh, the Hawkeyes this fall. He's like, it's week two. It's always week two, by the way, usually. Right. Um, and he's like, I'm going to put 500 bucks on it. But I remember doing the average on his bets, and it was nothing close. It was nothing close to 500 bucks per no. bet or anything like that. that no, was, it, was, I think, it was basically along the lines of me just throwing down dimes here and there. Well, that was like a, uh, like I could definitely see that as maybe like trying to impress a girl or a group of girls right. that he was talking to at the time at this bar. Probably trying to impress his bros. Uh, but then Lee, again, he's a defensive tackle. He's accused of playing sing 26 wagers. On 12 Iowa State football games. Wow. And then Hanukkah, who's, uh, again, he is right now supposed to be the starting tight end. He is accused of placing 70 bets on Iowa State basketball. Let me let me continue to read here just a second. So two seasons worth. Yeah, he's accused of placing a total of 200. This is Hanukkah, still the tight end. A total of 273 wagers with six of those on NCAA basketball and football games, though none are alleged to involve Iowa State. So he didn't place bets on his own games, but did place bets on Iowa State basketball games. So, yeah, uh, there's going to be some Cyclones, you know, if these hold up or whatever, they're going to be missing some time. And Matt Campbell, going back to – to Big 12 media days wasn't really saying much you know it was just coach speak protecting everything we'll we'll deal with it when it all comes up well I mean Hunter Deckers it was already stated once he was charged with his tampering with his tampering charge that he is he's not going to be participating with Iowa State during its fall practices he is stepping away from the team for a while so he can focus on this charge you know getting ready for court or whatever and he also said his academics I mean, does Iowa State? We don't know what these other players are going to do. What is the, uh, you know, what is Iowa State's role now? What do they say? Are they going to tell these guys you're out for now until official suspensions are handed down? I mean, this was a going back to Hunter Deckers. That was his choice to step away. You almost have to prepare that way, don't you? Yeah, I mean, we haven't heard it, you know, anything from Iowa State in the way that you know I would imagine. 
I mean, you know, just being charged with something, you could be dismissed from the team. You could be dismissed from the team for a lot of reasons, you know, just breaking a team rule or whatever. How far does Matt Campbell want to go with this? How does Iowa State's athletic department want to deal with this situation? But, I mean, no, no doubt about it. I mean, this is really blown up in the face of Matt Campbell. And now if you're Iowa State, how do you look at Matt Campbell? Are you like, man, <laughs> this has been now four years we knew sports gambling was allowed in the state of Iowa. Can't do this as a student athlete. We already knew that. I mean, the guidelines were you get caught, you're done for the year at least. And now a lot of uh, a bunch of his starters on the offensive side of the football not might not play this year. They they could be done. Their eligibility could be done. DY with the retweet of Adam Rittenberg, who's really the big one that's following the story right now uh, on Twitter the artist formerly known as Twitter. Uh, Reggie Bracey, former Iowa player, transferred to Troy. 66 wagers on sporting events while underage, including two Iowa games in which he played last season. So there's another potential K-State foe impacted. Man, I don't know if Matt Campbell passed along a message if Iowa State was teaching these student-athletes how you definitely should not be gambling on sports but the message did not get across, and some of them tried to uh, you know, disguise themselves as other people, like Hunter Deckers as his parents. I don't know who Drill Brock was pretending to be, but still getting pinged for it. You can't hide, apparently. This is amazing. I already picked Iowa State to be like second to last in the Big 12 Conference. I was just going off talent alone. I didn't think Iowa State was talented enough to compete at all in the Big 12 this year. Well, now if they're going to be ha- missing a handful of starters, a couple of them are transfers, and you're talking about your leading rusher from last year, your starting quarterback from last year, one of your starting offensive linemen, your tight end might be gone. You know, Matt Campbell loves his tight ends. And I don't know, I mean, <laughs> Iowa State's defense last year was fantastic. And I, I don't think, definitely don't think it's going to live up to last year's hype. But you don't want to be missing a returner. I just have to point this out. I probably should have two years ago when someone was beginning to talk about Matt Campbell moving to different jobs. I should have just asked him if they wanted to bet on it. (laughs) Good one. Thank you. Good one. Because last year those uh, comments weren't being made, by the way. I'd love to know. That's another question I have. It just came up in my mind like, you know, where are they betting? You know, is this another part of the story we don't know about? Could this be make it a bigger deal? I don't know if the NCAA would consider it or not, but, you know, is it offshore betting? Like, are they going an extra oh, step? Boy. Extra step to not get caught. You know, if if they're doing offshore betting, you know, how much is that considered in these charges or whatever? You know, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, offshore betting, that's been around for a long time. I know that, but it's, of course, illegal. <laughs> Friend of mine that was big on betting while it was still illegal and utilizing the offshores, got really frustrated. They stopped utilizing the ability for him to pay by credit card and went to Bitcoin. Threw him off his game. Of course, you know, he's boomer. He's a boomer. And so it completely threw him off his game. I think, so I had to look, I'm looking up some ages here. We don't have a clear timeline 
on exactly when everybody was placing bets. But I think it appears that I don't know about Hanukkah, but I think everybody else that's now been pulled into this investigation, exposed or charged, I think they've all been underage. Wow. But I think Jarrell Brock is the only one with Hunter Deckers that's been charged with any sort of you know tampering. I don't know anything. It does not say anything about Hanukkah or Lee or Remsburg. But I think they've all made, as just been what's reported by the Des Moines Register, underage bets. Troy, you wouldn't have ever done that growing up, would you? Underage? Yeah. Heck no. Why? Of course, you were, you were alive when, you know, drinking was 18. Well, yes, and of course it changed right before I was a senior in high school. Oh, that stinks, doesn't it? Yeah, that was brutal. That was brutal. Not that it would have mattered much for me anyway, because I didn't turn 18 until I got on campus. We we, we need a uh, we need a Matt Campbell um, press conference stat. Oh, we we need. Boy, if practices weren't already closed to the media, that door shut hard this week for Iowa State. All right, let's take a break. So again, the uh, breaking news for Iowa State football. Running back Jarrell Brock, also um, defensive tackle Isaiah Lee, um, tight end, starting tight end to Sean Hanica, Jake Rimsburg, starting right tackle, and again, um, Isaiah Lee, who's a starting nose guard for Iowa State, um, along with Jarrell Brock, is starting running back, all now brought up in the investigation for Gambling on sports, and not only on sports, Iowa State sports. I almost feel like we need to get a spotting board out just to track what positions. I'm already losing track. It's like uh, uh, yeah, right. It's like conference re- or not conference realignment, but it's like transfer portal and who's yeah. got eligibility. Like I was looking at the offensive line, I was like, you know, like I think you know, I think Taylor Portier actually has more than one year of eligibility left. I, I, I it, getting injured twice and probably used a waiver and a red shirt year and. I think he's got it more than one year of eligibility remaining, even though he's a senior. Let's take a break. All right, let's get to the offensive line next. I want to hear from K-State offensive line coach Connor Riley, who spoke yesterday to the media, and how it really feels that even though it's all new, or all returners and a lot of seniors on the offensive line, it still feels like there's still a lot to be looking forward to when it comes to you know, what's being built behind all these starters with the future. That's coming up next. Miss any of the show? I don't want to live on this planet anymore. Never fear, sports fan. Check out the game podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and NewsRadioKMAN.com. Yeah, you're right, Troy. Arlen Bruce, who played the last couple of years, I believe, at Iowa, transferred to Oklahoma State. He bet on 12 games he played in. 12 games. Nice program you're running there. Yeah, you want to talk about potentially affecting the outcome of your own team's game by betting on sports. You know, allegedly, I don't know if he's being blamed for that or not. I'm sure maybe some fans are thinking that now up in uh, Iowa City. 
Of course, it's not like I watch Arlen Bruce that closely. I know he's a poke now, but and he's an Olathe, Kansas kid. One of the things that stands out to me throughout all of this, as long as they continue to show that none of the games were impacted by the bets, as long as it doesn't get into point shaving, it doesn't move into that realm of one of the quote-unquote worst of all time. But boy, there's an awful lot of smoke right now. Well, Matt Campbell now has his uh, his one-and-done excuse now. Well, they're all betting on sports. Stop showing all that love to the defense. The defense the one's not getting in trouble other than this starter that was just brought up. And uh, it was really good last year, the offense. They're the ones making all the mistakes. Sucked last year. Worse in the Big 12, and now they're all going to be suspended for who knows how long because they're betting on sports illegally and as a student athlete and underage. By the way, a couple of them being brought up on charges. If you're just joining us, heck of a start to the show because Iowa State running back Jarrell Brock and three other starters charged in state's gambling investigation that also includes uh, defensive tackle Isaiah Lee, tight end Deshaun Hanneke, and right tackle Jacob Rimsburg, who are all starters. So they they join um, – they're going to join Hunter Deckers on the chain gang uh, coming up here rather soon because <laughs> uh, they're all in trouble. Uh, that would be sideline chain gang, not necessarily the one in prison. Well – Good reference, though. I, I was kind of referencing chain gang as in jail. Oh, okay. I didn't know they're not going to serve prison time or anything like no. that. But uh, no. Pay a fine or whatever, and because uh, it's a misdemeanor charge, I do believe. I'm, I'm very sure it's a misdemeanor charge um, with the tampering charge. That's what Isaiah Brock has been charged with. Um, anyway, let's jump over to K-State football. Um, another coach interview with the media yesterday. Let's jump to the offensive line. I'm going to let the audio play first, Connor Riley, and then I'll respond to it afterwards. Connor Riley yesterday take, uh, talking to the K-State media about his O-line heading into 2023. Is there a challenge at all, having the same group up front and trying to keep them headed in the right direction? Yeah, I think the biggest challenge that we all face, especially after some of the success, is complacency. And there's been guys who've been in the program for five years finding ways to continue to challenge them. The best way that I feel we can do that is by myself challenging me to be better. We've changed a few things up in technique going back to the spring and even this past summer, me going out and researching ways to improve a particular concept, improve a particular technique. And I certainly hope that by the example I set of doing this for 20 plus years and me looking and finding a way to get better that they can intrinsically find ways that they can improve as well. And up to this point, I've been very fortunate that uh, these past few days, I do think guys are continuing to challenge themselves to find ways and things that they can improve on. Who's impressed you playing right tackle while Christian's been sidelined? Right now, Carver Willis has really stepped up and been very, very pleased with Carver. And uh, the depth within our offensive line, obviously, when you return, you know, six or seven guys who have had starting experience is uh, something that helps you sleep at night, most definitely. But more importantly, it really increases a lot of the competition within our group. And some of those guys, if they do feel complacent, um, you can see that second group. And one thing we talked about and actually stole it from a former player was with our second group, closing that gap. 
and there's a number of those guys who are really closing that gap. Where does Taylor fit in everything now that he's back? Well, Taylor um, is practicing at a very high level. He's a lot further along this year than he was a year ago. And where Taylor lacks relative to Hadley is the experience, and that's uh, nothing you know within his control. So I see him more as a right guard and having that competition with Hadley. Hadley, because he is such a versatile offensive lineman, he is such a dominant offensive lineman, can play right guard, center, and left guard. So it gives us a lot of flexibility with the Cooper BBs of the world. It gives us a lot of flexibility with the center. I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about how well Sam Hecht is playing right now. I've just been really, really impressed with Sam Hecht. Where is your depth of center? Well, you know, Hayden obviously is the starting center. Sam Hecht is a backup and primarily focusing at center as well as a guard position. But with Sam, you know, I can kick him out to tackle and he'd have no issues because he has such a great understanding. I think that's one of the benefits of playing the center position. And then behind him, we have a walk-on who might be the strongest kid in the group, uh, Michael Capria, who's out of Liberty North in Kansas City. And the way that he competes in battles has been very impressive. And in fact, I've even gotten him a lot of reps with the twos here just recently because I feel like he deserves it. And Hadley provides a ton of presence at center as well. So it's one of the things we need to have guys who can play multiple positions. Um, my first year here, I didn't feel like we had very great depth at center. Um, I think that's changed here over the course of the last four to five years. How much fun are you having? I get the impression you, you enjoy coaching these guys. Yeah, I love being around these guys. In fact, when you know they chose to make the decision to come back and they chose to come back collectively, certainly from a professional standpoint, when you have that experience, it provides a, a lot of a lot of comfort. I was more excited because I get to spend more one more year with those four guys, and the type of football players that they are really pales in the comparison of the type of young men they are. So, just being around those guys has been fantastic, and I've been very fortunate to to kind of see these guys want to continue to grow, want to continue to learn. And that's that's really what has been extremely fun. Yeah, when it comes to experience on the offensive line across the country, it's hard to beat what K-State has. And I know Christian Duffy might be missing a game or two, but he has 35 consecutive games as a starter. Multiple guys on this offensive line have started multiple seasons. And by the way, just what a job K-State did last year. I mean, if you just look at the running game, I mean, 15th nationally in rushing yards per game over – 200 per game, 208 to be exact, um, which we hadn't seen that kind of production since Darren Sproles led the Cats to a Big 12 championship game. And it was, you know, one of the best marks that we've seen in the last decade for sure. And, you know, also a part of that was, you know, K State, third in rushing yards per carry in school history, fourth in rushing yards total, 10th in rushing touchdowns. And now you're going to be leading, I know Deuce Vaughn is gone, but now you're leading a couple of running backs who are bigger backs, who, you know, DJ Giddens, even though he was behind Deuce Vaughn, still has made a name for himself. And Treshawn Ward comes in as an experienced running back. He wasn't top dog all the time at Florida State, but you're talking about a guy that was six and a half yards per carry last year and two running backs that are going to be hard to tackle. And then you add that to... The blocking, the run blocking ability of this offensive line, I mean, you expect very strong success in the running game this season. And protecting Will Howard, and I know Christian Duffy, for some, might be 
a bit of a headache having to miss a game or two to start this year. But like I said yesterday, it's not like it's Texas. It's not like it's the past the 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 the, the rushing of Texas Tech and like what they had last year. I, I'm sure Troy will be a, a threat, but it, it's also Southeast Missouri. It's not you know deep into Big 12 play where every game is extremely meaningful. It gives also an opportunity for a guy like Carver Willis, who Connor Riley said who's thriving right now and could potentially be that guy at right tackle for the time being. You know, he's been waiting for his turn. He's been waiting in the wings. He is experienced. He hasn't got a start yet, but he is experienced over the last three years. He's been in the program for a long time. And let's not forget, I mean, if you think towards the future, and I, and sometimes maybe I'm a little bit unfair looking a little bit too far in the future because I just kind of get caught looking ahead. I did that yesterday with the wide receivers, and maybe I was a little bit too unfair with Matthew Middleton, his first year as a coach here at K-State. He's still getting to know the guys. Depth is still a huge question, but – I probably got to trust the process a little bit more. Allow guys to develop. I'm just, I, I just feel myself being hungry for a young wide receiver to make a name for himself because uh, we, you know, we haven't seen that since probably Phillip Brooks. This is one of the flaws with where we sit in wanting to discuss where this team is. We don't get the access, even as media members to be able to watch practice and get a feel for what's happening when guys are going in one-on-ones. You know, you don't get opportunities to see how they're stacking up against each other at all if there's an 11-on-11 drill at any point in practice. Yeah, and it's also just, it's a lot of fun. Especially at the skill position, to watch such a young player who picked K-State right away out of high school and make an impact so early in his career. I mean, I'm studying right now to figure out who's going to be my next hashtag my boy. And that's the thing, like, you know, it's like, you know, really wanting like a Trey Spivey to have such a big year. Can he be an influence on this season as just a true freshman? The thing is, you know, behind your three projected three starters, K-State at wide receiver is very, either very young or very inexperienced or a little of both. Because when it comes to, you know, wide receiver, you can come in in garbage time play some snaps in multiple games and call that experience and you could also do that at, at, at offensive line but when you're playing offensive line you're you're banging meat every play wide receivers you know even if it is garbage time or whatever the ball's not necessarily going in your direction and sometimes wide receivers don't really have to do anything on some plays you know and, I, and that's no offense to wide receivers but it's just you know it's true you know get uh, out and block yeah yeah you know where the play's going. You don't necessarily have to go 100% all the time. There, to me, there is a difference. But when I think of the offensive line for K-State, I mean, even behind them, I, I, you know, I trust the depth that is behind them right now, even though it is limited experience. Taylor Portier, you know, bad luck on that guy's side, right? Last couple of years, he has played like a half of football because of injuries. He did not play at all in 2021, and he got hurt in the first game in 2022. And because of that, he's essentially been lapped by Hadley Panzer. Um, and, and good for Hadley. I mean, that he's a junior, so he's going to be hopefully coming back next year after a really good year at right guard for K-State. Everybody else is seniors, but I think Taylor Portier as a senior, I think he maybe does have another year of eligibility remaining. Hadley Panzer will be back. Andrew Lane Gang has played as a redshirt freshman last year, meaningful snaps a year ago. We've heard great things about John Pastore and uh, Michael Capria, who's a redshirt freshman as a walk-on getting um, – a lot of praise yesterday from Connor Riley. And then, by the way, 
I know the numbers for the class for 2024 when it comes to who has committed that number. They maybe would like it to be bigger right now, but they've already killed it when it comes to recruiting offensive line for the class of 2024 when you're losing most of your starters from this year's cl- from this year's team. So you got to recruit some offensive linemen for the future. By the way, you got Will Howard's brother coming in. You have two of the top five players in the state of Kansas for the class of 2024 coming in next year. And then one of the best players in the state of Iowa and Kyle Rakers is another offensive lineman, a part of your class. By the way, those Kansas kids, studs. Studs and big. 6'8 and 6'7. Studs. The future at offensive line seems bright, even though there may be some complacency. And I, I wouldn't blame them. I mean, they're all studs, too. They're proven veterans. But like Connor Riley said, they're also grown men that are mature enough to know there's still something to improve on. All right, we got to take a break. Still to come at, uh, at 510, uh, we're going to have our first Big 12 preview. Got a response from uh, Matt Campbell. He has been quoted in response to all this gambling stuff. He says, quote, my sweet Lord, lack of institutional control. Am I right? Woo. Welcome back to the game. It's hour number two. Short hour number two. We're out at 530. This is my last show of the week. Going to be out Friday and Monday. Taking my last uh, big break before football season truly gets here. But welcome back to the game. Mitch Fortner and Troy Coverdale will be joined by Ryan Hyatt here in just a moment. But. Uh, If you missed the breaking news uh, from earlier, actually earlier in this hour, the Des Moines Register reporting that Iowa State running back Jareel Brock, also starting tight end Deshaun Hanneke, starting right tackle Jacob Remsburg, and Isaiah Lee, who's a starting nose guard for Iowa State, have all been charged uh, in the state's gambling investigation, all been charged with tampering uh, with records. And I actually Googled, just a few moments ago, what actually they could be uh, in trouble, like when it comes to uh, like if there was a sentencing to take place or anything, they could all face as much as two years in prison for this aggravated misdemeanor. Also a uh, fine of up to like $8,000. I highly doubt uh, they get that stiff of a penalty, but Matt Campbell has issues right now in Ames, Iowa. All right, let's get to our guest. He is the founder of theraiderland.com. It is Ryan Hyatt who joins us here at the game. Ryan, uh, have you got to this point yet with the construction at Jones AT&T Stadium where you're driving by too much just to check out the construction? That or you just check in on the little, uh, you know, they got cameras everywhere now. So you just pop up a little camera and go, okay, well, that's good. No way in hell that's going to be ready. So, And it's not supposed to be ready, by the way, this year. So it's a two-year project. But, yeah, it's pretty it's always interesting to watch. It reminds me back in the day, uh, Spike Dax had the great la- uh, great line about Texas and he said, I don't know how they're going to do this year, but they lead the Big 12 in cranes. <laughs> that used to be K-State uh, 11 years ago, back in 2012. I think maybe Texas Tech may be on that kind of run where it could be a chase for a Big 12 championship. When we look at all the uh, highlights at home, you're going to see a bunch of cranes in the air. It's, the, it's, it's currently the tallest structure for 400 miles around. Oh, is that how uh, Lubbock rolls? Not a lot of tall structures. I've been there a couple of times. I, I'll be honest with you, I haven't, I haven't noticed many. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it does stick out that way when you're driving down the freeway. Well, 8-5 and five last year for, uh, for the Red Raiders, I'm sure exceeded a lot of expectations for your uh, now second-year head coach, Joey McGuire. Where's his popularity now compared to 365 days ago? 
you know, he came in popular, uh, and then he got uh, more popular, and then he won, and he got more popular. He's the most popular uh, Joey McGuire that's ever existed. I mean, he's riding high right now, and most of it is well-earned. Most of it's well-deserved, but he's he, he generates a lot of that with his personality, but he backed it up, you know, with what they did on the field. So I, I think that what he has, the support he has, has been earned both on and off the field. I, I hate to I bring up Spike again, but I do think he's a little bit of a modern-day version of Spike, the way he works with people, the way he makes people feel good and builds relationships. And then, hey, it's handy to go out and uh, beat Texas and Oklahoma in the same season. I mean, even though it was an eight and five season, and you know the most wins, and uh, I mean, it's been what close to the decade since uh, you won eight games uh, for Texas Tech football. But I mean, beating Oklahoma and Texas at the same time or in the same season—how long has that been since that been done? Yeah, that'd be the first time in the history of ever. Okay. Yeah, Tech had never beaten those two teams in the same season. I mean, is that close to winning a Big Twelve championship? Around here, that's going to have to do until they actually get one, I suppose. But, yeah, I, I mean, it it was more validation. I think, I think as much as anything to say all the hype, all the turnaround, all the, you know, better recruiting, upgrade in talent, even in a short one-year type period, they were able to put some skins on the wall and say, we can actually coach these guys up to it. And that, that was really all they could get out of last year, I think, is to show we can look better on the field even if we hadn't upgraded the talent completely. Well, breaking down Texas Tech in 2023, I'm I'm high on the Red Raiders, just like a lot of people are as well. But it felt like last year, quarterback, you about ran through the whole depth chart. But Tyler Shuck, healthy, right? What's the expectations 2023 for, for Tyler? Well, if this offensive line can protect him and keep him upright, and he, he kind of has a bad rap. He, yes, he has been injured his career, but it's not like a little nagging thing. It's been, I mean, he, he's been hurt. He's, he's, been, he's been injured. So when he plays... He's good. I, he he doesn't have, I think, the, the greatest of arm strength, but I think his accuracy and his getting the ball out on time is pretty good. And I think they uh, Zach Kittley kind of figured out as the year went on last year, what, what can he do, what can we not do with him, and not try to put him in bad situations on, on maybe making some throws. And uh, if you do have to use a backup quarterback, and almost everybody does these days in college football, Baron Morton, uh, the redshirt sophomore, showed that he can really come in and play. So I think they feel good about that quarterback room right now. And you mentioned you know, the offensive line got to do a better job of protecting uh, Tyler Shuck this season. But what about you know not only the offensive line, but the rest of the offense? What are you expecting? Um, you know, you've got some good playmakers coming back. You lose Sir Roderick Thompson. All he did was just hang out and score touchdowns, which mm-hmm. I looked that up. That's handy. You want a guy who does that at running back. Taj Brooks uh, can be a game-breaker. I, I really like Cameron Valdez. He's a redshirt sophomore. He got into some late – I almost said late innings. Sorry, my brain's on baseball today. He got into some late action in some games last year and showed some really good bursts. I think he's going to be a nice complimentary back. And they do want to run the ball. But it's, it's got to be the receivers. It's got to be Jerron Bradley stepping up to the Z, Loic Fungi, which is just fun to say his name, really. Let's admit it. You want to throw the ball to him 15 times a game so we can say Louis Fungi. Uh, and then Miles Price. Those guys need to put up big numbers. You need to have, you know, four guys sitting there over 275, 300 yards each total receiving. You brought up baseball. You're a Rangers fan, aren't you? I, yeah, they keep sucking me back in. Normally this time of year I've been done with them for a month. Two things. One, I can't get away from Twitter recently and them showing, like some accounts showing that 
when the the game was blown in the bottom of the ninth to the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. I'm sure you remember that very well. And then, yes. uh, and then, d- tell me if I'm wrong. Does the stadium not? I'm talking about Globe Life. Uh, the, yes. the stadium ha- looks like a propane grill, doesn't it? It does. It, it is a giant barbecue grill, and the renderings that they showed us, you know, when they were going to build it, we were like, well, that sure looks like a grill. It's not going to look like that when they build it. Oh, nope. this is the one time where the architectural renderings actually look like what it ended up being, and it is a giant grill from the outside, glorious on the inside. It's sort of like a souped-up Minute made down in Houston. Uh, it's You know, you, you love it on the inside, but yeah, the outside, it's a it's a grill. It's an aluminum grill. You can get it for two ninety nine at your Kroger. I was going to say it doesn't necessarily look like a Traeger, but maybe one I could probably afford for sure. Yeah, it's that one they have out front when you're going to the grocery store. Over to the uh, the defensive side of the football. I I know about your secondary. I know that secondary is going to be good. I mean, uh, Taylor Demerson. I mean, he kind of reminds me of Kobe Savage, who K State's going to have back in the secondary. Yeah, good uh, comparison. I want to go to the box uh, because I know Texas Tech led in sacks last year in the Big 12. What bothered me about that game last year is how good the rush can be from Texas Tech. Is that going to be in the neighborhood of what they were able to do last year? Uh, It's going to be real interesting. Tim DeRuiter, his defensive history is generating a lot of edge pressure and creating that with some interesting fronts. If you look at just position and you know depth charts you're going to go well that's an even front now most of the time it turns into an odd front with a weak side backer and this year that's probably going to be Josiah Pierre uh you will see Joseph Adetaray uh out there some even uh even with some of the other down linemen that these guys can play edge it really begins though in the middle that you're going to control with Hutchins and Bradford and for the first time in a long time I don't think Texas Tech is outclassed with the two techniques that they're going to put on the field that they will demand some attention, uh, and you won't see guards, I think. You're going to have to double-team some of the interior guys, and I don't think you're going to be able to see guards help on linebackers and guards chip and go. They're going to have to stay engaged. And that will have second right there. That's the difference. That's what gets a guy free from the edge. So I, I really do think that, that if they can stay healthy up front, they can control a lot of games there at the line of scrimmage. How did you feel about the draw that Texas Tech got uh, when it comes to the Big 12 schedule, I'll, I'll go over it for you here real quick because K-State, Houston, TCU, UCF are coming to Lubbock, and then Red Raiders on the road at Texas, KU, BYU, Baylor, and uh, in West Virginia. How manageable do you think that is? I think it's a fair schedule. I mean, there it could have been really bad. It could have been cakewalk. Uh, I, I think it's fair. You knew you were going to get Texas in some form or fashion this year. Um, you know, I kind of rather play them early, maybe than late. Uh, but you, you get them where you get them. So beyond that, I don't think there's anything you just look at and go, "That's a horrible spot." That's somewhere you don't want to be. I think you catch, uh, you go to West Virginia early, and, and by that time, who knows what'll be going on there in Morgantown? You know, and, and with that coaching staff and, and anything else. Uh, you know, you knew you were going to Baylor, so I, it's, it's a fair schedule. I think it's a schedule that lends itself to a legitimate seven, eight win regular season projection total, which yeah, pretty much where most people have them, I think, right now. How long has a non-con game been so hyped, like Oregon in week two? When's the last time a big opponent like that has come into Lubbock for a non-con game? Yeah, it's been a while. You know, Texas Tech got away from scheduling games like that. A lot, a lot of schools do, but that goes back to the 
2000s and Mike Leach where they tried to dump, you know, as many competitive games as they could from the schedule. So, I mean, you had Eli Manning come in with Ole Miss one year. You had Phillip Rivers come in with uh, NC State one year. Yeah, that's how far back we're going, you know, to try to put this into perspective for a non-conference game. So, to get that one on the schedule and, uh, you know, it's always good to have a, a long-time Big Ten opponent make their way down to Lubbock. Uh, folks are fired up. Now, when I tell you that, and I mentioned this earlier, like I'm very high on Texas Tech, Big 12 media, national media, and you're seeing that Texas Tech could be anywhere from Big 12 title sleeper to college football playoff sleeper. What runs through your mind when you hear those things? Uh, that I'm still concerned about the overall depth. And I know I just probably provided the same answer that like 95% of people observing any college football team not named Georgia or fill in the blank right at the top would say. But while your your first, I think your four, first forty four guys can go out and compete pretty much with just about anybody, but there's still some depth issues, there's still some injury issues, and there's still a, a little bit of. Yeah, you know, I'll give you an example. Everybody's really high on stats coming in as your projected center, a, a transfer uh, coming in to Western Kentucky. I think I think I think I got that right. Okay, well maybe he trans translates. Maybe he doesn't. Spencer Cole, your left guard, he got hurt before the year last year. Another one of those transfers. Well, everybody really thinks he can play. I hadn't seen it yet. So that's two starters right there in the interior of your offensive line that you're saying, oh, yeah, these guys are going to be really good. Don't worry. And we hadn't seen a lick of them on the field in Big 12 play. So, you know, I'll wait. Are the ticket sales through the roof right now for Jones AT&T? Yeah, they just announced another sellout for the Houston game. Obviously, Oregon sold out. Season tickets are sold out. So there's still a – Uh-oh. Did we lose him? Must have timed out on us. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, he was telling us that there's uh, they've already sold out on season tickets. Games are selling out. I was about to ask him, like, does K-State fans, if they're going to Lubbock for the game, do they need to start buying some tickets now? Because they're going to probably sell out here pretty quickly. Um, but if you get Ryan back on the phone, just tell him thank you, and uh, we'll go and wrap it up. I was just going to ask for a record prediction, but uh, he's usually typically – I could probably predict it for Ryan. We've interviewed him many times, and he's cautiously optimistic on the Red Raiders. I would say, I would say he would go nine and three, nine and three, in a very pivotal game, a swing game, you could say. Oregon coming in week two against uh, the Texas Tech Red Raiders. All right, let's take a break, and we'll finish up the show with some "Ask Us Anything" after these words. Once again, a big thank you to Ryan Hyatt from theraiderland.com for joining us here on the show to preview Texas Tech uh, football. He said, by the way, that the over for seven and a half wins is what he's hearing from his bookmakers in Ames at at minus 110. Very good. Uh, Probably allowed to gamble uh, because I don't know if it's legal in Texas, but he's also I don't think he's um, an employee of Texas Tech University. But the breaking news earlier today, Iowa State running back Jareel Brock. Uh, tied in to Sean Hanneke, who's from uh, Hayden High School in Topeka. Starting right tackle, Jacob Rimsburg, and starting nose tackle, Isaiah Lee, have all been charged with tampering with records with the uh, state of Iowa gambling investigations. That's now five starters, including quarterback Hunter Deckers, who have been charged. Good grief. All right, Troy, go ahead. Preferred barbecue style. Oh, barbecue style. Because you have oh, you talking about uh, Texas, Kansas City. Oh, oh, I, I thought you were thinking like Carolina, like charcoal or propane, or you got your mind on that stadium in 
Arlington right now is well, where I mean, the, the barbecue grill. I mean, if I were to go city, of course, I would pick um, Kansas City. I also thought Memphis was pretty good. It just depended on the location. Texas barbecue is good. So I do like the South Carolina sauce. South Carolina sauce is pretty solid. Um, but I'm a charcoal guy. I could do without the vinegar sauce that Texas utilizes for the majority of theirs. Uh, but I am a big fan of that molasses that Kansas City tends to have in its sauce. Add that little bit of spice. Um, you know, a, a bit of the Gates style versus the Arthur Bryans in my case. I'm actually a uh, big fan of smoking. Uh, for Christmas, sure. I got a smoker, and I don't get to use it as often as I do, but I made some amazing wings during the pandemic. And I haven't, I, I don't know what I did. I, I just kind of threw some stuff together that I saw on a website, and now I can't find the recipe. This is the flaw of living in an apartment. I can't do any of that. I have to use an electric if I'm going to set something up outside. Well, smokers it's just can be electric. True. Yeah. True. The smoker might work, yes. But in terms of a general grill, especially the fact that I am a charcoal guy, annoying as all heck that I can't do that. I, it's a price I pay for where we live. Go to a park. Uh, by the have a picnic. By the way, speaking Go of ahead. wings, you know, I mentioned there previously there, I got addicted to a certain wing place in town having uh, hot honey rub. On wings, is that the dry place, rub? Is that the place where I go play uh, no. trivia on no. Tuesdays? Mm-mm. No, this this was the chain. This was Wingstop. Oh, okay, because and they but that it was a limited, limited flavor. It's off the menu already. Isn't that just the worst? Hate it. I think I think my friends at Old Town Spice Company in Fort Collins may be able to hook me up though. You know, it's also, it's sad to see them going away. Like, they're not, like, making as much money as they used to. They're not sticking around as much. Right. Chinese buffets. Right. Seeing less and less. And by the way, if you want to blow somebody's mind from the Northeast, just tell them Chinese buffets exist in the Midwest. (laughs) They won't believe you. All right, so I'm out for the rest of the week, and I'm also out Monday taking a little vacay for my B-Day. I'll be back on Tuesday. For Troy, I'm Mitch. Go Cats.